0: Let's go shopping for our spiritual clothes, part 3, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Did you realize old Israel's physical exodus from Egypt and their 40-year trek in the wilderness was a perfect picture of our individual walk with God, as well as the combined spiritual walk of the family of God? To properly see and spiritually understand the sequence of events, We must, again, try to look at this time in history through the eyes of our spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 46 establishes this principle. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. God uses physical happenings or natural events to depict or sometimes foreshadow What is happening, or going to happen in the supernatural? Turning back the pages of time, we see old Israel crying out for salvation and begging God to free them from the land of the pharaohs. He delivered and led them away from Egypt, which is symbolic of the world today, for a much better land. God intended their entrance to the promised land to be quick, But due to their complaining and rebellion, they ended up making a forty-year walk through the wilderness, with only two families of that generation arriving there. Numbers, chapter 14, verses 29 and 30. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness, all of you who were numbered according to your entire number, from twenty years old and above except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. You shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. We too leave the world behind for a much greater land, the kingdom of God. How hard it is to get there depends largely on our attitude also, just like old Israel. They went through the Red Sea, The color red, symbolic of Adam, a name derived from the Hebrew name to be Rudy, and the sea, the sea of humanity, referring to Adam's race. We experience the Red Sea miracle as we sever soul ties to the world, die in the watery grave, and resurrect from our death at baptism, as a new creature. In other words, we leave our life in the world to be born again a new kind, no longer connected to Adam and his race. We become ones with a different spirit like Joshua and Caleb. Pharaoh, symbolic of Satan, along with the people of the world he rules, are to be cut off from us forever, so we will become evidence of God's sovereignty and freed to begin our walk to the kingdom of God. As newborns, We are dressed in our first spiritual garments, swaddling clothes, with a warm robe of salvation to cover us. If born again from within Zion, the spiritual mountain of God, swaddling clothes make the newborn secure and bind them to God. However, if rescued and born again, but not separated from the world, the swaddling clothes must be removed before receiving our new ones. Rather than swaddling clothes, they are more like grave clothes that have man bound to Satan. As in the parable of Lazarus, man must be set free of these clothes to enable him to begin his walk with God and his people. John chapter 11 verse 44 And he who had died came out bound hand and foot, with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. As a side note, the cloth, as defined in the Strong's Concordance, on Lazarus' face was a sweat cloth. If not removed, it would stand as evidence that his toil and work would be for this world and its master. Remember, when Jesus was resurrected, the cloth was neatly folded and set apart from the other grave clothes in the tomb, signifying His labor here on earth would cease as He re-entered God's rest to carry out the rest of His plans in the supernatural. All else He does on earth will be accomplished through His body of people, the new species, those born again in His image, that lay down their works and enter God's rest to fulfill His plans. John chapter 20, verse 7. And the handkerchief sweat cloth that had been around His head, not lined with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. This act made it possible for us to enter God's rest. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 9 and 10 there remains therefore a rest for the people of god for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as god did from his ecclesiastes chapter 1 verses 9 and 10 that which has been is what will be that which is done is what will be done and there is nothing new under the sun Is there anything of which it may be said, See, this is new. It has already been in ancient times before us. You see, God did all things, worked out His whole restoration plan before He ever created man, and then He rested. He knew what we would do. He knew what Satan would do also. Man's victory over the enemy lies within God's rest, where we must enter. Now back to our spiritual walk. As new creatures in Christ, born through the Word, we must feed only on God's knowledge from the tree of life. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10 tells us, And have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of Him who created Him. We are restored by God's knowledge to His image. We must not return to the tree of good and evil, Satan, for his knowledge, his world or his people ever again. If the blood of Adam is washed off in the water of separation and purification, as we studied in an earlier Blast, and we are baptized or have experienced the Red Sea, the eye of God will always be watching over us as we wander through the wilderness of this world in pursuit of the kingdom. He will spread His protective wing over us to cover our spiritual nakedness until we are old enough and mature enough to be properly dressed. Like any newborn, we are naked, but not ashamed. You see, we have to mature in the things of God enough to even know we have the need to be further clothed. Apostle Paul was one who saw the necessity of these clothes many years ago, as we saw in Second Corinthians chapter five, verses two through four. So let us once again look at this scripture. Second Corinthians chapter five. Verses 2 through 4 For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. These clothes are assigned to us by God. If indeed, having been clothed, we should not be found naked. For we who are in this tent, body, groan, being burdened with the sickness pain, and sorrow of this world. Not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed. Here is why. That mortality may be swallowed up by life. When fully clothed, the enemy cannot attack, not even the enemy of death. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 5, we see again a prototype in old Israel of the newborn, being covered by God. This was after she was baptized in the Red Sea. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 5 And I have led you forty years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you, and your sandals have not worn out on your feet. First in the natural, then in the supernatural. He covered and preserved her physical clothes, so she would manifest a picture for us in the natural of what he would also do one day in the supernatural. We will finally have spiritual clothes that won't wear out. They are preserved through the words of our testimony, by speaking and walking out the truth, by being under and therefore establishing God's universal law, and remaining righteous through the blood of Christ. Fully and beautifully clothed, we will then be immortal. First Corinthians chapter 15 verses 53 through 54 For this corruptible must put on incorruption. If we walk totally in God's law, it would be impossible to corrupt us. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, is fully clothed, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. We put incorruption on when we are born through the incorruptible seed, Jesus, and keep his commandments. 1 Peter chapter 1 Verse 23: Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. We have His blood mingling with ours when we are born again, and enter His blood covenant through communion. Life is in the blood. Life swallows death, as light dispels darkness. This is a fact positionally. But experientially, immortality will not be for man until they are fully clothed. Here is why. As mentioned earlier, when man is spiritually naked, he is vulnerable to the evil spirits and, above all, Satan. When he connected mentally to Adam and Eve, this gave him the entrance he was looking for to use their bodies. He entered through their minds. As we see in Genesis chapter 6, man began to think like the enemy, see things according to his perspective, even to interacting sexually with fallen angels. Remember, God was so angry over this situation that he destroyed all of wicked mankind, along with the whole earth, sparing only Noah, who he said was not involved with the angels and was righteous. In other words, Noah had on his robes of righteousness and was separate from this world's activities. He therefore wore robes of separation and was in turn the covering for his family. Combined, there were only eight people in all. This number eight, in itself, by the way, is symbolic. It foreshadows the eighth day children that are spared in the next judgment day, because they too are made righteous through being born again, separate from the cursed race, and therefore covered by Christ, the greater husband. Peter speaks of Noah and this time in history in 1 Peter 3, verses 20 and 21. Who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. There is also an antitype, which now saves us, baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, when we are baptized into Christ, He becomes our Father, our greater Husband, far greater than Noah, and our covering. We are protected by Him from the wrath of God at the end of this age. A side note. Jesus, like us, was born through a human mother that was of the Adamic bloodline. So Jesus also had to be born again because his body, like ours, was corruptible. It genetically carried defects from the sin of Adam through his mother and would one day die, even though his spirit and soul were immortal. In other words, he had to be born again to be bodily a perfect specimen, a flawless, unblemished sacrifice for humanity, one also spiritually fully clothed to gain the victory over the enemy. An Adamic body cannot be fully clothed in spiritual clothes. Remember the skins God put on Adam and Eve. Even though Jesus allowed himself to be crucified in order to pay our death penalty, death itself could not hold him captive. His walk was perfect he never broke God's law. His body was therefore covered, because His spirit was fully clothed, making Him incorruptible, and therefore immortal. Jesus was not born spiritually fully clothed. He came as flesh and blood, because that is what Eve chose for us. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 Inasmuch, then, as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, likewise, shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. He not only had to be born again, but be filled with the Spirit. He endured temptation and affliction at the hand of those led by unclean spirits just like us to acquire his spiritual clothes. This meant he was faced with situations where pride could have entered in, yet he remained humble and gained the victory over pride to be dressed in humility. He had to be heavy at heart at many points in his life and ministry on earth to be covered in the garment of praise, etc. The Word tells us he was tempted in all things, just as we are. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. The paramount part of his victory, however, was his resurrection. He actually annihilated death for all creation. Now, through the eyes of your spirit, see what this victory did for us. In Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. Or do you not know that as many of us, as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into His death? We actually die to this world and its people at baptism if we are truly separate in our hearts and minds, before we are put in the watery grave. Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Have our grave clothes removed, along with our face cloth, so if we die to our works, we are able to enter God's rest to manifest the works He did so long ago and be covered with a robe of salvation. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Wasn't God's plan perfect? Jesus gave us the chance to be born over again, shaped, molded, and dressed spiritually to become like Him, immortal. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22. For as in Adam all die, not able to be clothed spiritually, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Through Him a new generation is born, matured, and beautifully dressed in royal robes, resulting in a new species. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 42 through 44, says it this way, So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. As Adam, it is raised in incorruption, in Christ. It is sown in dishonor because of Adam's fall, and those not born again are in His image. It is raised in glory, because of Jesus' victory, and we are reborn in His image. It is sown in weakness. We lived by soul power. It is raised in power. We are now guided by our spirit. It is sown a natural body, without our spirit man, it is raised a spiritual body. Our spirit is given control. There is a natural body, led by the soul and intellect. And there is a spiritual body, with the spirit that operates through the gifting of the Holy Spirit and the mind of Christ. As Adam and Eve connected to the mind of Satan, becoming mentally like him, so those connected to God's knowledge through the mind of Christ, begin to change, think, and act like Him. We should be a human spirit that has a soul, our will and conscience, that lives in a body, making it possible to physically dwell and function on earth. One that lives according to God's law, becoming evidence that God's kingdom is being established and His will is being done, as His plans for humanity's restoration are being fulfilled in them. Now here is something for those who are already born again to think about. The Word tells us the outside of a person reflects or mirrors what they are on the inside. One who wants to please God must then ask themselves, in the natural do our actions, speech, decisions, and yes, even our natural clothing reflect a soulish person or a person guided by their spirit? For instance, are our actions self-centered, all about what we want, or do we esteem the needs of others over ourselves? Is our speech coarse offensive to others? Are off-color jokes still a little funny? Do we speak harshly, hurt others' feelings just because we are angry? Do we secretly think we are superior to others because of our worldly education and training? These are all carnal reactions to life in this world and the coarse, crude, unloving language of our soul man. When we make decisions Do we first consider what the Lord would have us do? Do we check that our decisions are in line with the truth found in the Word and in line with God's law? Understand, our spirit humbly seeks direction from God, while our soul intellectually seeks instruction from the world's knowledge and reasons for itself. Again, which kingdom do we represent? the kingdom of light, or darkness. Look at all the body piercings and tattoos found on people of all ages and both sexes, and sadly, in the world's churches, in spite of Leviticus chapter 19, verse 28, for instance. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 28. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, piercings, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. Old Testament, yes, but is God the same today, yesterday, and forever? If only man could truly understand that Satan is adamantly gathering and marking man for his harvest, as God is cultivating a new species, a sacred seed that stand as evidence they belong to him. So, in closing, let us take inventory of our outward appearance. Does it reflect or mirror our spirit and our inner spiritual clothing of righteousness, humility, and regal, quiet dignity, befitting a born-again child of God? Or, do we look like the world that has Satan as its trendsetter? May we seriously consider... Matthew chapter 13, verses 40 through 43. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth, Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Maybe we should seriously ask ourselves, Who is doing our shopping? Our soul man or our spirit?